This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic of Common Man podcast. Well, the film podcast might fake their own murder. We definitely do not have that kind of patience to make all that work. Uh, every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I'm your co-host, Ben Miller. I write about films for my own side, Ice Cream for Freaks. I'm a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association, as well as the International Film Society Critics. You can hear me guest on the other pods. is David Thulis of Podcasting. I'm Joe Mar, my brother and common man co-host, a man who definitely wants to buy a gun for Valentine's Day. Jake Miller, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, man. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to say a guy that you don't have to worry about uh, inappropriately smiling in photographs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be like smiling in front of the missing poster. Wouldn't be a problem for me. I'd be it's a- like, no, no, Jake, look, look like, look like you uh, look like you're totally miserable. It's like, gotcha. No problem, buddy. Give us a smile. Got it. Nope. Nope. Never a smile. Nope. Um, if, uh, if, right. those, if those aren't the clues, uh, we are finishing off our Valentine's February romance, uh, our kind of romance theme um, with the most romantic of all movies, Gone Girl, directed by David Fincher, written by Gillian Flynn, based on her own book, um, starring Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike, Neil Patrick Harris, Kim Dickens, Carrie Coon, and Tyler Perry, co-starring Patrick Fugit, uh, uh, Missy Pyle, Emily Reddick, Radajkowski, I think that's how you say it. Casey Wilson, Lola Kirky, Boyd Holbrook, Celia Ward, and Scoot McNary. Opening date on September 26, 2014 at the New York Film Festival. Went wide October 3rd, 2014 and made some bank. The biggest hit of uh, David Fincher's career by far. $61 million budget made $167.8 million U.S., $201 million international, $369 uh worldwide for an r-rated thriller that is not exactly a feel-good movie a, yeah, a very pretty good. pretty good uh nominated for one oscar best actress for rosamund pike uh did lose to julianne moore we talked about her a couple weeks ago for still alice um kind of a surprise only got one oscar nomination did much better at the golden globes best actress best director best screenplay best score nominations uh rotten tomatoes I was um, I was tempering my expectations and it landed exactly where I was expecting it to. High 80s, mm-hmm. uh, 88 for critics, 87 percent for audiences. Um, a uh, a it, it's so strange that a movie like this can be as well accepted as he is because it's just a it's it's a bummer. It's it's really dark. No characters really all that nice. Um, no, nah, there's no good guy. Not really. Uh, it's. It's like it's like oh who's the who's the who's the you know the most well-rounded nice character I'm like eh, there's some people but it's all gray area um, I'll go through a quick pot summary of Gone Girl before we get started um, yeah on on their fifth wedding anniversary writing teacher Nick Dunn uh, played by uh, Ben Affleck uh, returns home to find his wife Amy played by Rosamund Pike missing um, probably the first hour of the movie is just kind of the recounting of where Amy is did. Nick do this. Um, her disappearance has a bunch of press coverage. 
because of the book series that her parents uh, based her on. Um, Detective Rhonda Boney, uh, who is uh, Kim Dickens, uh, is taking, uh, you know, is in charge of the investigation, talking to Nick and making sure all this kind of stuff's going on. Nick is kind of painted as a negative a jilted husband by the media and uh, every piece of evidence makes him look worse and worse. Um, they are living in Missouri. So it's kind of a chaotic time there. Um, and also uh, to add insult to injury, Nick is actually having an affair with one of his students uh, played by Emily Redikowski. Um, they take a look at the house. They find blood and all over the place. And it seems like Amy was pregnant and just intrigue and intrigue. Um, and then as it kind of goes further, um, you know, uh, Nick's sister, uh, Margot, played by Carrie Coon, um, is uh, very helpful in all this. He hires uh, Tyler Perry, uh, Tanner Bolt, uh, Tyler Perry, to be his attorney, um, uh, assuming he's going to be accused of, of uh, killing his wife. It turns out, at about the midpoint of the movie, we find out that Amy is very much alive and has staged mm-hmm. every single aspect of all this mostly because she's kind of seen a life for herself and Nick challenged that in herself to be her best self. And he brought the best in himself from their relationship, but the hardships in their relationship and his lack of trying essentially has made her illegitimate. She finds out about her, about the affair and she essentially sets out on a path of revenge. Um, Mm -hmm. She essentially sets him up assuming he's going to be uh he's going to uh be uh convicted and given the lethal injection then she's going to kill herself um nick finds all this out uh kind of challenges her back um amy is uh hiding out in the mountains in the uh in the ozarks uh but she is robbed and therefore needs to kind of reveal herself she goes to her ex-boyfriend uh desi played by neil patrick harris and says you know Kind of makes good up old, a st- good old Doogie Hauser. Good old Doogie Hauser, uh, making up makes up a story about why he, why uh, she is the way she is, and he kind of holds her kind of hostage, and she uses this to her benefit. Um, eventually, having sex with him and slitting his throat makes it seem like she was he was the one that did all the abducting. She returns. Nick uh, sees through this facade, but the media buys it. And then Nick's like, no, I don't want this. I want a divorce. And she artificially inseminates herself, um, is pregnant, and essentially convinces Nick to stay against his better judgment. And they both live happily ever after. <laughs> just ultimate. I mean, ultimate anchor, baby. Man, you're talking about that. I mean, a way to keep a guy around. Um, okay, so. This is not the first, the most recent time I watched this is not the first time I had watched this. this is I, mm-hmm. same, same for you. The first yeah. time you had seen this, did mm-hmm. you, so you're, you're an hour in and everything is happening and you're like, oh, I, we didn't see Amy. We just see her in these flashbacks. It seems like, man, maybe Ben Affleck did kill her. But at the same time, you're like, but there's enough doubt. You're like, what actually did happen? In that 10 minutes of the twist, you're just like, okay, this thing is a totally different trajectory than I was ever thinking it was going. Man, the first time I watched it and this last time I watched it, the first time that his wife makes an appearance and you see her face, I went, this bitch is nuts. <laughs> you just, you can just tell off of the bat. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I knew who the ultimate bad guy was. Sure, sure. It's just like, you know, ain't no one cleaning this, but I was like, <laughs> ain't nothing good going on behind those eyes, man. I mean, it, there's, there's a. I hope it was an acting job. If it is, it's a good job. If it's not, that bitch is actually fucking crazy. <laughs> Rosamund Pike, uh, um, this is her break, breakthrough role. She's been in a lot of uh, various stuff. She's a Bond girl at one point. But I mean, this is this this was the movie like everybody knows who Rosamund Pike is now, and for the rest of her life she's the she's the lady from Gone Girl. This is mm-hmm. what she is, and this is what she always will be. Essentially, um, the twist itself, you know, you're like the fu- the the most interesting part about it all is you know having a guy like Ben Affleck as the mm-hmm. as the lead character. You're just like, okay, you know. We we talked about it in previous episodes, but like uh, with with uh, with Mark Wahlberg, it's like oh he's a he's a, a, a an asshole from Boston. It's like really fits right. in that role. Yeah, and you're like, hey, we, uh, a kind of a ne'er do well slacker who might not be great with women, but is still handsome. Hey Ben Affleck, do you want to pay this role? And he's like, got it, and <laughs> very true to form. It's you know she's nuts. Can you play a guy that cheats on his wife? <laughs> yeah exactly he's like i'm your dude hey can we can we hire a smoking hot model to be the lady i cheat on her with please he's like yep. director's like i got you buddy <laughs> all right so uh but you know at the same it's time like, good deal <laughs> it's like a, where so do i sign i'm glad we're on the same page about all this yeah, yeah. uh you know Affleck in this movie is very like um there there's there's been situations where i'm like i wonder if the actor is aware of how bad they're meaning to look and i think we always have kind of looked at ben affleck as the second banana of the matt damon ben affleck side and mm-hmm. i don't i don't think we necessarily give him the credit for his intelligence and probably his yeah. self, self-awareness and uh-huh. I'm, i think he's perfectly aware of how much of a turd nick is yes yeah i definitely think so uh man there's just there there's certain uh films where ben affleck is in where i think his intelligence comes through yes yes and yeah he's you know where he's not just playing second fiddle yeah um and i think this is one of them yeah you know where even though he's kind of playing a kind of a fuck up yeah 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 i mean you know essentially uh, a second a second rate college professor in missouri of no note yeah yeah with yeah. a crazy wife with a crazy wife yeah um essentially the only thing that makes him it, it for the sake of this film the only thing that makes him interesting is her like without her and and she kind of recognizes this at the end like without me mm-hmm. uh you're you're not the, you're not the end-all be-all guy you might have been hot shit at one point but this is not where you are obviously and i bring out the best in you and it's kind of like Okay, so yeah, <laughs> she's like re- recapping like her diary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, at one point she goes, "I made him. Mm. I challenged him. I pushed him. He wouldn't be here without me." And so, and, uh, yeah. My, and uh, one of my favorite little asides of this film is is uh, Nick goes on a fact finding mission for uh, to find Amy's old boyfriends, and she ru- he mm. runs into Scoot McNary, my man Scoot. I love Scoot McNary. Um, in that bar and he's like well let me tell you and then after that conversation you know it's funny because there's nothing 
There, I mean, outside of the only thing we believe this guy is because Scooby Neri is, is enough of a character actor. You're like, oh, I like Scooby Neri. You kind of believe him just there. there. But if you take it for faith, you just have to take it on face value. There's nothing that says that he didn't rape her. Like there's, I mean, I, now we know about Amy for the course of the movie. Yeah. And we're like, okay, this is probably, he's probably telling the truth. But from that point on, you're like, oh, this is what's actually happening. Amy yeah. is a nut. And it's not, it's not a nut. It's, it's not necessarily that she's like, oh, she's evil for evil's sake. No, no, no. She has a means right. to an end. Just like any other villain, she is, she has a purpose. She's trying to get somewhere in life and she is not going to be held back by anything else. Yeah. Well, it's, um, I mean, it's almost like fatal attraction is that, yeah, like Glenn Close's uh, character in fatal attraction. I mean, she has an ends. It's not just craziness for crazy sake yep. or just yep. trying to kill people just for the hell of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she's obsessed with this guy and mm -hmm. wants to have a life with him and she's willing to go to the ends of the earth to accomplish that. And yeah. that's pretty much the same thing here is, you know, she's, she's not going to lose her husband and she's willing to frame him for murder. To <laughs> just like, well, like she, what she, uh, what's the line? Just like, Oh, you're telling me that I'm just like, uh, uh, I am a sad, lonely divorcee and he's gets to be happier than ever. No fucking way. Like, it's just, yeah. that's the level. It's like, nope, that's, it's not going to be a happy ending for him and me having to pick up the pieces. That's a, yeah, that's a special level of animosity there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like, oh, well, he doesn't deserve this. It's like, you're not exactly uh, like, yes, she's nuts. Yes, she does it. But it's like, he, he did do all of the shit that he was like he was he did suck and at the same time there's an unreliable narrator aspect of it because she yes in in, yes. The, in the diary she's like talking about how to make it work and, you know she's doing the diary she's crying she's saying this is actually what happens with the actual problems credit card debt or whatever whatever it is and then she starts the fabrication yeah and then at that point you're like okay what is real it's like from what it sounds like now, it, and it's never confirmed. It's like, did you hit her? It's like, no, I never touched her. It's like, you pushed her down. No, it never happened. But you see it happen in the in the thing. And it's just, it's that level of like, okay, where's the gray area of actually happening? And what did she make up for the sake of the story? Yeah. And I mean, he's definitely cheating on her too yeah. with a much younger woman. Yeah. So, I mean, even if that's his only sin, even yeah. if he's yeah. perfect beyond that, it's enough dirt on them yeah. to, you know, for yeah. her to run with it. You know, I agree. And, and, you know, the fun, the, the, the smart thing this movie does is it, it gives Nick a confidant that a real life confidant that you would have in this situation. It's like, Hey, my twin sister who knows how crazy she is and knows yeah. has been around this whole time, knows she's nuts. And is that rock behind you? It's like, well, obviously I'm not going to like, I'm going to have my sister to fall back on worse comes to worse. Yeah. She's probably my favorite character just because she's so unwavering and loyal, but at the same time, she'll call him out on his bullshit. Absolutely. Absolutely. More than anyone else. Like, um, you know, she catches him waking up with this uh, college girl. Yep. And yeah, I mean, she balls him out. 
you yeah. know, justifiably so. And, you know, so I like her. She's there for support when he needs support and whenever he needs his ass ripped. And even she, if, she's there for that. Too. And even even at the end, whenever he decides he's going to stay with her, she's like, she's she's, yeah. she's bawling, crying. I can't believe you're staying with it after all she knows. And she's like, I need you on this. It's like, of course, I'm with you. I've always been with you. And I like it's just it's like, yeah, I'm just telling you, I'm really unhappy about it. But, you know, I'm still 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 here. Like it's. It, that's a it's a really well felt thing between the two. It's one of my favorite relationships yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah, and, and we talked about it. A film really without heroes. A like, there's the. You, I think Margot's the closest thing. Margot to a or good guy. Or, uh, or Rhonda, uh, the the police officer who doesn't really uh, do anything wrong. No, uh, you're you're not a fan. <laughs> see, uh, see, I I uh, I would just compare her to Officer James. Uh, who sucks like that the, the the kid next to her it's like you know yeah. and and it also i like i like the little detective tricks in there and it's like uh it's like what's your wife's uh, blood type and it's like you don't know your wife's blood type and it's like should i know my wife's blood type it's like, no like just <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you know, I your wife's- know the bitch's phone number <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean it's it's the only it's, reason i know her address is because it's the same as mine <laughs> it's like you don't know her number it's just saved in your phone i get it yeah yeah so i mean the the acting in this movie is great and the performances pretty much top to bottom are incredible um pike rosamund pike obviously gets the bulk of the accolades so not yeah. counting her i want to know your opinion because i have a definite opinion who has the best performance that isn't Rosamund Pike? Best performance. Because I have a I, uh, like I have a I have a runaway winner that it, every time I watch it, it blows me away how much I like the performance. It's Tyler Perry. It doesn't like he's uh, he's so good in this movie, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> Yeah. Why is Ty- like <laughs> it's such a silly that, thing? Now that you mention it, I mean, in terms of being like a TV lawyer, a TV defense lawyer, on, of, uh, yeah. <laughs> like you know, when yeah, we he when, does a good, he does a great job. When we th- when we think of lawyers, as as far as like Johnny Cochran, not even not even I, I think of more uh, TV lawyers. Like I've never seen a lawyer on TV and been like, you look like a nice guy. Like (laughs) it's it's like, you all look like turds and he is empathetic, intelligent, um, investigative, like just at the same time, like is the guy at the end that goes, you two are fucked up so bad. It's hilarious. Good luck, Nick. Don't piss her off. Like he's just, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Tyler Perry, like, I didn't know Tyler Perry had this in him. I have seen other Tyler Perry movies, the Tyler Perry type movies. And yeah. you're like, okay, he's a buffoon and all this kind of stuff. Medea. Medea yeah. and all those type of things. And then you yeah. see, then you see this and you're like, this is not like any other Tyler Perry thing. And he's in, he's so good in this movie. It's just, and uh, he is. by the way, Carrie Coon, uh, who plays uh, Margot, um, is it's her first ever movie. 
She's a she's a acclaimed really? she's acclaimed uh, stage actress. Is married to a a, a, sta- okay. a playwright. Playwright uh, does a lot of acclaimed television. Uh, she uh, she tweeted at me on Twitter, and I almost crashed my car once. Um, just really no shit. Because I I had, I had mentioned uh, I had said some tweet about her husband about like oh his accomplishments. One, he married Carrie Coon, and two, he won the Pulitzer Prize. And she had liked the tweet and it just, it's really surprised me out of nowhere. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Carrie Coon really good in this movie too. Um, I think, good. I think her and Ben Affleck for being twins, I think they're 10 years apart in age. Oh, really? I think yeah. she's uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it feels right. Like they feel like they have it that. Does. I don't know why that's such the case. Yeah. It's a, um, they, they do a good job of pulling off. Obviously, me and you know what a sibling relationship Obviously. is like. Yes, a, yes. A, you know, and a good one, a close one. So I think they do a good job. Of I agree. And I mean, acting like, like and, good, tight siblings. And that, that comfort thing, whenever he, he's in the bar and he's like, So what are you going to give her for wood? And it's like, That's nothing good for wood. I have the exact lines like, I know what you can do. You can go home and fuck her brains out. Then you take out your penis, smack her in the face with it, and say, There's some wood, bitch. And I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. that's that's a lived in relationship there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, and he just kind Thanks, of says, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, and you know, of all the things, of all the things that the people in the media talk about about badly about Nick in this movie, is they're very much just like he kind of just shrugs them off, no big deal. And but the thing, whenever they're like, "Oh, is he his sister? He's too close to his sister." That's the thing that really gets to him. It's like of all the things, it's like what? Like it's one. That's thing. what he's most defensive about. Call yeah. me a murderer every time. Don't play. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, yeah. There are a lot of there's a really lot of small great performances outside of this. Um, I every time I watch this, I don't know if I like Neil Patrick Harris's performance. Um, I mean, he is a means to an end, Mm -hmm. and but and and I don't know if he does anything wrong, and I don't even necessarily think he was miscast. It just something about it doesn't really sit with a level of authenticity. Maybe it's maybe it's due to the fact that you're like, okay, so Neil Patrick Harris for so long was the was Doogie Hauser, and then yeah. he switches to the How I Met Your Mother's mother side, but everybody knows he's gay, and ever and, mm-hmm. and so the the goofy Lothario is one thing, but this is he's supposed to almost be menacing, and it just never really connects as being menacing. No, like. I see that guy. I'm not worried about him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. You you see some people and you're like, man, it sucked to have to get into a fight with that guy. Yes. Ben Affleck, and, great example. Yeah, I'd be like, that, that'd be a tussle. But Doogie? <laughs> I got you all day, bud. He's, he's I'll ra- flip your ass next he, to the he, mac- macaroni and I'll free. I don't exactly. He's he's rail thin. He's He looks fragile. I mean, it's just... I don't necessarily, I don't think Neil Patrick Harris says anything wrong. I just think it's not exactly the best of characterizations. Nah. Um, not but, uh, really. And also, Doogie Hauser, How I Met Your Mother, this movie. What else? Uh, uh, Harold and Kumar. Uh, that's, that, that was the thing that got him back. Ah, the classic. <laughs> 
I love Harold yes. Kumar. <laughs> How many awards did that win again? You're, you're right. He's, 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 he's not that kind of actor. And he almost right. seems he's out of place. You're right. You're exactly right. He's almost out of place with everything that like everybody's so lived in and perfect for their roles. And he just doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he, he did seem like a stretch for his, uh, his role. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can't, I, I can't think of anybody who should be in that role, but it should be somebody. He's the only one that ever feels like it's someone else. Yeah. Um, I really like uh, Missy Pyle as the Nancy Grace type. Um, the, uh, I love the, that obvious caricature. Oh man. It's so great. And, uh, you're just <laughs> like, you're just like, Oh wow. You know, it's, and she does a great job at it. And then at the yeah. interview at the end is like icebreaker. Here's a cat for your dog. Again, like poking the, poking the bear regard. It, it, so you didn't kill her, but I'm still going to poke the bear. And, uh, um, Emily Ratajkowski doesn't really do anything besides look like Emily Ratajkowski. Um, uh, she did plenty for me. But... <laughs> I bet. I have no doubt. Um, I, uh, also, uh, shout out to Casey Wilson, um, as these stupid neighbor, uh, who, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she, I, I love Casey Wilson's a comedian, uh, is a, is a comedy actress on a couple TV shows. I love every time I see her, she's hilarious in this movie. She's just meaning to be a grading idiot. And she does such a great yeah. job at being a grading idiot. Um, also, uh, and, do, go ahead. Yeah. And, um, that's what uh that's what Amy says. Like she was part of her friend yeah. uh, of of her entire plan. She was like, but friend idiot. <laughs> Check. Yeah, uh let's see, uh, exactly. Uh, invite pregnant idiot into your home and ply her with lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um uh the uh the couple in the Ozarks, uh Lola Kirk and Boyd Holbrook. Um, mm. you know, it's uh, it's that was a really interesting kind of aside kind of being mm. like those two are like kind of friendly, kind of not, but they're kind of devious. And, but, but at the same time, like they steal all her money and, mm -hmm. and they go, Hey, gotta be careful. You know, there are worse people out here than us. They're like, you just stole everything I have essentially and kind of ruined my entire plan. But at the same time, they're not, they didn't do anything like. For me. For me, it was cathartic yeah. whenever that happened because this, this chick thinks, oh, I'm smarter than everyone. I'm, I'm better. I can outsmart, outwit everybody. Especially these hillbilly I'm, idiots. Oh, I'm such a little criminal. And yeah, I'm just in podunk Ozarks and everything like that. And takes a couple of simple people to go, if we want your money, we'll take it and, and knock uh, it down. Peg, yeah. And you know what? Uh, there's worse than us. Yeah. And if you think you're badass, there, there's a, there's a, a level of hillbillies just whooped your butt. Like so. you said, it's a level, it's a level of, um, it's like, well, she, she knows, like, like you said, she has everything planned out, everything down to a T and they go, no, no, no. We're going to, we're going to throw a wrench in that because you didn't expect us. You assume we're stupid. And maybe mm -hmm. stupid, stupid's the wrong word. It's simple. She, she assumes, yeah. she, she assumes, oh, they're not a threat. Why would they be a threat? And she just doesn't take 
everything into account because you can't take everything into account. Like you said, knocks her down a peg. Um, she doesn't understand that you don't have to go to Harvard to learn how to rob someone. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just have to have the fortitude, and they certainly did. Um, and then Seal uh, uh, Ward as the uh, as the interviewer mm-hmm. at the end. I longtime Seal Ward, aging like a fine wine, I might add, has been has been hot since the Fugitive. Um, I mean, just. It, 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 an old time, an old timer, old, hot, older lady for me, um, does a good job of also being like, oh, it's like, I'm going to be, I'm more of a journalist than I am like the Nancy Grace type, but I'm right. still like, yeah, I'm yeah. still like, I want to get you still want to get you like, yeah. Having that nice balance. Yeah. yeah. That, well, I mean, that's part of their job is to get the big scoop, get the big, the big news and you know go after someone and uncover something i mean as like i I, as a critic anytime i interview somebody i don't care like when i talk to somebody i I want to know about the movie that i get to talk to them about (laughs) but at the same time people don't know who i am so they're like well why would i have you interview them you're going to ask them about their personal life i'm like well i don't care about their personal life but yes exactly their job it gets the ratings and all that kind of stuff um so whenever I first watched this movie, I had not. So I went, I saw it in the theater with my wife and her friend, and I knew the twist. I knew Amy wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I went in there. I, I had obviously not seen the movie, but I knew she, she wasn't dead. So I'm watching it. And as soon as she starts her speech and, and about what all she did, mm-hmm. I look over and the two women next to me are just just, just gob, gob smacked at what's going on. I'm sitting there drinking, having a blast because they're just like, what is going on? It was such a, one of the more memorable movie going experiences I've ever had. Uh, I wanted to ask, yeah. is there, is there uh, a memorable movie theater experience that you remember? Um, maybe not based on this movie, but one specifically that you would like to share. Yeah. Um, well, I, it was with you. Yes. And our other brother and our cousin. Yep. We were watching Gods and Generals. A four-hour snooze fest of a Civil War epic. Uh, the the One of the most boring movies. It's I, tough, man. I mean, I, I, we got to the two-hour mark, and they were like, oh, it's kind of a funny ending. Intermission. Uh, <laughs> it's like, fuck, it's only half over. <laughs> oh, man, it was rough. Anyway, so continue. But at some point during this movie, someone in the audience audibly farts. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just, I mean. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy. But I mean, it was just obvious a, what it was. Someone ripped one. Yeah. Okay. And I, I really te- don't I think, pay it. I think we're all teenagers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And. I don't really pay attention to it initially. I think I was next to our younger brother. Uh-huh. And I just lean over just to confirm with him that was a fart that I heard, right? <laughs> like, I literally wasn't going to make a joke, nothing like yeah. Did you hear a fart? Okay. <laughs> I moved my head and he loses it. <laughs> just, just can't stop laughing. And and, and we, I we, lose it. Cousin loses it. I lose you it. You lose we it. We know. We know. Everybody we has to go to the bathroom. Everybody knows why we're laughing. 
everybody is just it's just like audible fart a little bit of silence <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> good time that's good the time. only positive memory i have <laughs> of that of that movie that God was the only good film. i agree i like I, a a yes the the only positive out of that one uh i remember uh, a couple others i remember watching anchorman with you and our brother um, oh man in the theater just the perfect movie at the perfect time and it just hit us all it was the funniest front to back movie i've seen in a theater ever yeah. like it was just it was just yeah. like we were the perfect age for that to come out and yeah. and as as anybody who has listened to this podcast jake has an incredible laugh and anytime you can get him rolling is a good time for anybody oh else. man oh man <laughs> I get going real hard. Then uh, I mean, I'm bound to get kicked out of a place. Well, and and you know, it's always funny. I always think uh, think to myself, like when we were kids, you and our other brother both had asthma. So anytime a movie mm-hmm. would get you too funny, we'd have to pause Start because you coughing. had asthma yeah. attacks. Uh, famously, the Nutty Professor did that to us during the famous farting yeah. scene. Uh, gave both of my oh, my, that's both, another good fart. Another another good yeah. fart. Yeah. So I mean. Those those little movie theater experiences always stick with you. <laughs> the Nutty Professor and God's Interns. <laughs> the two fart movie classics. Yes. Probably the hardest <laughs> I've ever laughed. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. All right, we are back. Every week I go through the filmography of a filmmaker and put Jake's cinematic knowledge to the test. It is time for Pull for a Dumbass. For this week, we are doing the star of Gone Girl, the uh, heralded star, I guess. Um, got some of the best critical acclaims of his career uh, heading into this. Um, the star Ben Affleck, uh, a long history of uh, struggling in Hollywood before he finally broke through. Um, I will kind of get into that real quick. Um, he started out like he was a child star in a movie called The Dark End of the Street, which I'd never heard of. Uh, did a lot of, and I don't think anybody's really heard of it, did a lot of TV, really never went anywhere. Um, really had a breakthrough the first time anybody had ever seen him was in the uh, 1992 film School Ties. Have you seen School Ties? Uh, it doesn't ring any bells. It is a, um, it is a, uh, it's hilarious to like we talked about anti-Semitism previously. It's an anti-Semitism mm-hmm. movie. It's uh, Brendan Fraser shows up at a uh, exclusive prep school and they find out he's Jewish. And then it's like they kind of like push a b- back of the fact that he's Jewish. I'm like, who cares? Like it's yeah, I, no shit. But uh, um, it starred Brendan Fraser, Chris O'Donnell, Cole Hauser, uh, Matt Damon in one of his first roles. And then Affleck was in it as well. Um, so. That's really the first time anybody had ever seen Ben Affleck. And you're like, okay, he was in that. And then he had a little, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, he was in that as well. Um, the next year, maybe the stereotypical Ben Affleck role for a long time um, as one of the seniors uh, ready to whoop some ass of the freshman. As Fred O'Bannon as the one of the mini characters in Dazed and Confused. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. one. Um, and I mean, he's such a prick in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a first class prick, but leaning into it, obviously doing what he needs to do. Um, have yeah. you so I, I thought about including it. I changed my mind just because uh, I don't, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Kevin Smith movies. Uh, Mall Rats Chasing Amy. I was going to I'll give you. Have you seen either of those? Heard of either of those? Uh, 
mall rats. You've seen mall rats? Uh, yeah. And then, um, is it uh, Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah, Jay and he also does Jay and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He does Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. He's been a big friend of Kevin Smith for a long time. So um, I just want to include those. But he's kind of starting to come an up-and-comer guy. He's in the movie Chasing Amy. Obviously, 1997 being the, being the year where he really becomes a thing, obviously, with Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah believe- I think that was – I mean, that was really for him and Matt Damon, that was – that was really the breakout. Yeah. And I mean, Matt Damon had, he was going to be a star even without Goodwill Hunting. Like he was starring in a yeah. movie outside of that, but still. Um, yeah. With Goodwill Hunting, they really shoot into the stratosphere. Um, they win it, mm-hmm. they win the best. Uh, it's funnily, actually, uh, they, uh, they win best uh, original screenplay for Goodwill Hunting. They are awarded by uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Um, huh, interesting. Really? Yeah, whenever they get that, but uh, so he gets Goodwill Hunting, and then from that on, everybody's like, "Okay, this kid's a star. Let's make him a star." Um, they throw him in. Uh, have you have you seen the? It, it kind of gets a bad rap just because it beat Saving Private Ryan for Best Picture. But have you seen Shakespeare in Love? Uh, I don't think I have. It's it's a good. I've, good, I've heard of it. It's a real. It's watched. a real good movie. It's a it's a romantic comedy. It's fun. It's light. It doesn't try to be like it, you kind of look at it as oh this prestige thing is like I don't really see it as the prestige thing. It's kind of a light romantic comedy. Um, I really yeah. enjoy it. Um, he's really fun in it. He's kind of self aware in it. Now, the time whenever he stops being Ben Affleck from Goodwill Hunting and starts to be like okay I am a thing now is also 1998 with those big fat shiny veneers on that brand new set that brand new set of teeth as aj in armageddon of course of course oh yeah and now so i would i encourage anybody to go check out what ben affleck looks like in goodwill hunting and then i want you to go watch ben affleck in some scenes in Armageddon. Post money. Post money, exactly. Post Free money, post money. Free money, post money. It's not It's not like a drastic difference. Not like you got a nose job or anything like that. But right. I mean, the shiniest white teeth and just clean and just cut well. And, you know, I, I, th- I think he's dating Gwyneth Paltrow at the time. Or oh, yeah. something like that. So, I mean, uh, and the, the peak, like, it, it, this is like, oh, Ben Affleck's the hot guy now. This is what he does. Um, this, and this is also the, the area where everybody's like, yeah, he's the second banana where he's, he's kind yeah. of the dumb, the dumb guy who's attractive, but that's about it. Uh, 1999, another, uh, another Kevin Smith movie, um, a very much a movie that really has some problems with the Catholic church as many do. Um, have you seen the movie dogma? Yes. Dogma's I like dogma. Dogma's great. I do too. Uh, it's I do. Like, like I said, it, it's very critical of, Catholicism and religion in general. Uh, but I mean, really, really interesting ideas with fart jokes. Like it's like yeah. a sh- there's a shit monster. Uh, Selma Hayek plays a stripper. Like, yeah, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. I think, I think what I like about dogma is like, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but I think it points to organize religion and say, y'all are taking y'all yeah, self too seriously. That's a, that's a really good point. Like, hey, see how stupid all this is? Shouldn't it be this stupid? Like, don't you, don't you, why are you taking this all at face value? You need to kind of like, 
you can take it seriously, but this is way too serious. Like, like yeah. George, George Carlin is a priest blesses his golf club so they can, and they can kill a priest because of that exact reason. They can kill a demon. So stupid stuff like that. But I, like I said, I also really like dogma. Yeah. Um, in uh, 2000, a, uh, a series of interesting movies. He was in a uh, romantic drama bounce with uh, Glenn Quinn Paltrow. Wasn't going to include that. Uh, the little indie film called Boiler Room. He's in it for like 10 minutes. Uh, the other movie I want to, this is a, uh, a Kuwait classic. Uh, how about Reindeer Games? Oh, yeah. Reindeer Games sucks. It's, it's not a good movie. <laughs> and, but I, it does, but when you live overseas and that's <laughs> the only thing in English. Yes, exactly. That's what it, you're going to watch. You're like, well, Gary Sinise looks like he's still Lieutenant Dan. Um, yeah. Charlie's Theron before anybody knew who Charlie's Theron was. Uh, just like, just a, a not good movie. But like you said, no. it's, a, it's an English. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of terrible movies, um, the same year as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the movie that was supposed to be his premiere thing, but it turned into what it was. Pearl Harbor. Uh. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, we, we talk, we, we talked about this in the last Mohicans episode. It's, yeah. it's, Oh, world war two really interrupting this love story. I'm like, no, no, no. That's the wrong way to put it. Like uh, it's. It, it yeah. Just, it's just, well, <laughs> yeah I, I, historically I was there a guy that was in the eagle squadron as a volunteer in england and then was in pearl harbor and then was in the doolittle raid sure no. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> and was banging kate beck himself give me a break <laughs> yeah and then, get out of here by the way the supporting cast in that movie is incredible like uh, yeah, Tom, Tom Sizemore, Michael Shannon is there. Um, uh, you know, uh, Alec Baldwin playing Doolittle. Uh, you got a bunch of a bunch of other character actors showing up, doing a lot of cool stuff. But still, it's it's a ridiculous movie. Um, yeah, but, it's. I mean, that's like like there's a chair in my house. That's like me calling the entire house the chair. Oh, okay. It's like Pearl Harbor's only one little part of it well it's it's funny it because covers world war well it doesn't even cover world war ii it just covers the love story and yeah i mean there is literally a fucking war gets in the way don't get me wrong the actual battle part of world war uh, the pearl yes. harbor that's a real, that's some really dynamic filmmaking like i agree all the cuba gooding jr stuff really cool yeah uh oh yeah the all guys the special are, effects, special effects guys the... yes but i mean that excellent that, 40, actual that 40, scenes, yes that 45 minute stretch pretty cool everything else is stupid <laughs> yes and not to mention one of the wasted trailers of our lifetime those kids playing baseball and all those planes coming in and them stopping yeah. and staring an incredible trailer and then that turd of a movie um so yep. even even you know it, it gets such a bad rap because it's a terrible movie but it by no means affected Ben Affleck's sustainability. The next year, he's in a ton of stuff. Um, how about, have you, one of my favorite underrated, like, if it's on TV, it's a fun movie to watch that it, it, it it's the, the kind of the sister or the, the, the little brother to um, falling down. Uh, have you seen Changing Lanes with him and Samuel mm. L. Jackson? Um, essentially, I think they get in a fender bender and, 
the and and Affleck runs off and it kind of ruins Samuel Jackson's life and then he just kind of kind of enacts revenge on him. It's an interesting little movie. It's huh. yeah, might changing, have to check that out. Changing Lanes is an interesting one. Same huh. year, uh, he takes over the role of Jack Ryan, um, the most forgettable of the movies, but I do like The Son of All Fears. Yes, yes, yeah. uh, they blow up Baltimore, but I mean, yeah. what are you gonna do? Um, a, a, yeah, so you know, he's he, even though he has the turn of Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor makes a ton of money, changing lanes pretty well acclaimed, Son of All Fears, successful, reasonable. Um, everything's going okay. And then 2003 shows up. I, I, I'm not going to include Gili because I haven't seen it. Yeah. I doubt you've seen it. Um, we got plenty of, we didn't, we didn't bash much Jennifer Lopez in the last episode. Um, but the other movie he was in with the other Jennifer who he married, 2003, the first attempt at a superhero movie, Daredevil. Uh, yeah, I actually did see that one. I, I usually don't catch the superhero ones, but I did. Another, I did watch an, another real turd, like just, I think that's why I don't watch many superhero <laughs> movies. <laughs> so you have Daredevil is just like, well, what kind of movies you want? Daredevil and Electra. And you're like, oh, these are all awful. Yeah. The Daredevil's terrible. And yeah. It, and you know, I get why Affleck did it. He wanted to probably play a superhero, you know, um, doesn't have kids yet, but still, it's like it's like, well, I'm young. Why not? Uh, it's it's an interesting idea, but so he keeps going through. It doesn't really like he keep. Then he starts making turd after turd. Uh, a sci-fi movie called Paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> a sci-fi movie called Paycheck. A terrible oh. Christmas movie called Surviving Christmas. Uh, another. Uh, I have seen that. You've seen Surviving Christmas? I haven't even seen Surviving yeah. Christmas. I've heard it's bad. Fucking bad. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, another uh, another J Lo uh, J Lo pairing. Uh, the movie Jersey Girl with uh, uh, where he takes care of his daughter. Um, and then so at that point he's like, okay, well maybe I need to take a step back. He doesn't really do a whole lot. 2006, he does kind of reappear he appears in clerks 2 just as like a cameo and then he's in the movie hollywoodland have you seen the movie hollywoodland i don't have that i don't have that on the list he plays george reeves the guy who played tv superman and it's a it's a noirish movie about like he was killed but nobody really knows why he like did he kill himself was it an accident did the mob kill him and it kind of goes through all these interesting things. Diane Lane, Adrian Brody's in it. It's an interesting movie. He's really good at it. And he actually received some acclaim for it. And everybody's like, is Ben Affleck back? He really came back the next year by not showing up because he directed Gone Baby Gone, which is a movie we'll eventually do on this podcast because Gone Baby yes. Gone's great. Um, it is. I don't have it on the list because he is technically not acting in it. This is more his acting movies. But Gone Baby Gone 2007, everybody's like, okay, he does he does this kind of stuff. Cool. Um, he, he's starting to get a little more claim, comes back, and then 2010 hits with the town. Woo, that's a banger. We almost did. That was almost our a little, uh, little inside baseball for almost our second episode. Almost our second episode. Uh, but I we, can't remember something. There was a we reason. Your minds. I we can't don't know why. why. There's no good reason why we didn't do it. But we were supposed to do the town very early and didn't. 
we're gonna do it eventually the town's great ah, yeah yeah the, we the gotta town. put that man we might have to do that for march <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong we might have to do it real soon uh, i'm more than happy to move some stuff around um get the town in there uh okay so the town comes in it's the second second movie he's ever directed big acclaim lots of money gets jeremy renner a best supporting actor nomination mm-hmm. 2010 2011 he does a little movie called the company of men gets good acclaim for that one then 2012 directs another movie huge success best picture winner argo uh yeah so and and famously snubbed for best director nomination but the movie wins best picture um argo's a great like one thing that i noticed that ben affleck does really well he does a really great job of directing tension like yes the last 30 minutes of argo are almost unbearably tense it's (laughs) and it's like i was i was telling my wife like i i don't think you can truly uh understand the tension that is actually there unless Mm -hmm. you have lived in a foreign country I mean, under precarious circumstances and been completely vulnerable, like it's it's you know, I agree. We it's were a, overseas for 9-11. Um, yeah, and, and, and it's 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 a, we it's were a, in, it's an in odd danger. It's, a, it's an odd feeling of insecurity that you're just like, it's just there's just tension. You're just like, I'm I'm is something going to happen? Nothing ever did happen. Yeah. Nothing was close to happening. But still, it's just I agree. It's just that level of. How am I going to get home? How am I going to get home? Yes, that's a good way to put it. Um, Makes Argo in 2012, gets an Oscar for Best Picture. So he technically has two Oscars already um, as a producer. Um, 2014, makes Gone Girl. 2016, (laughs) makes his return to the superhero genre with mixed results. He was good. He was applauded for what he did. Movie made a lot of money. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh, Another not very good movie that does a lot of stupid things. He is a very, very good Batman slash Bruce Wayne. And the funny thing about it is you see him in um, in, the, in Gone Girl. At the beginning of the movie, he's kind of thinner. And as the movie goes along, he gets bulkier yeah. and they have to hide it because he's in Batman shape. Ah, and gotcha. so okay. he, he's a, uh, yeah, he's a... Um, so he's in and he sees you see him with the shirt off he's ripped in that movie um but a good a good batman good bruce wayne movie's not great but whatever um 2016 directs another movie called live by night a movie i have not seen it's about uh um a bootlegger i think uh a a movie i haven't seen i haven't heard a whole lot of good stuff about it the other movie from 2016 a you want to talk about is the real superhero that ben affleck played the man the myth, the legend, the accountant. Yeah, I love outstanding. The, I love the accountant. absolutely outstanding. And, uh, the cultural depictions of autism in general are a little dicey. Yep, man, Affleck yep. really nails it. He does a great, great job of it. Like you go into that movie and you're like, I don't know about <sighs> all this, and that's a great movie, a fantastic movie that can be on TV any day of the week and watch. Yeah, it. Man, I uh, when I first watched that, man, there were so many times that I just I got chills. Yeah, yeah. I literally was like, 
So, so for, yep. so for full, discretion, it. for full discretion, my son has yep. autism. So for the, for the sake of this, like anytime we watch anything with any sort of autism storyline, I kind of come in with sort of inc- inc- incredulity and he comes, he, yeah. he does, he doesn't, and like you said, you see those mirrors of those type of things. And you're like, man, mm-hmm. he does a great job of the account. By the way, he self-admits one of his favorite roles. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so man, that, oh man. I like it too. It's, that, it's, it's great. That ending to yep. when it all comes together. Ugh. I love yeah. the, I love the accountant. It's great. It's great. great. I agree. Um, so after, uh, after the accountant does, a uh, does pops back in as Batman every once in a while, does, uh, another Jay and Silent Bob cameo. Um, have you seen the 2020, um, probably would have made a little more money if it wasn't for the fact that it happened during COVID, but, uh, as a, uh, um, struggling basketball coach in the way back, Yes. I like yeah. the way back. Um, I, I, I think he, too. It, I think he does a good job. Yeah. It, yeah. Kind of reminded me of uh, Hoosiers a little. Yeah. A little like, like, yeah. Who, yeah, of, like, yeah. The classic comeback story. I mean, sure, sure. I agree. And uh, more about the coach than anybody else, but still like, and, and <clears throat> you can tell by yeah. that movie that he's like, Oh, he cares about basketball and knows about basketball. And yeah, uh, I agree. Um, so from last year, uh, had a uh, had a dual uh, interesting year. Um, I, I I don't know if you've seen the last one, but have you seen the last duel? Mm. It is. It I is. I don't think so. It is a. Uh, it's a true story about the last duel in France. Um, a man, mm. uh, a man played by uh, Adam Driver, rapes the wife of Matt Damon. And Ben Affleck is kind of the governor of it and uh, overseeing it all. It's three different movies, essentially, into one. It's first, it's from Matt Damon's perspective, one from Adam Driver's perspective, and one from the wife's perspective. And Ben Affleck's kind of like this jackass French governor, but he's hilarious in it. He's great in the movie. Um, I, is Adam Driver that real ugly bastard? Yes, yes, that's what. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. People will probably be very mad at you for calling him ugly. Probably. I, I get what you're saying, but yes, yes. Call me ugly. <laughs> I know. The last duel I don't is really, care. The last duel is really cool. Uh, medieval battles, all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, really interesting movie. Um, and then from last year, probably really close to an Oscar nomination. Uh, have you seen The Tinder Bar? Nope. Tinder bar. I, I won't include, I won't include the Tinder bar on the list, but I mean, the Tinder bar is a movie where, uh, um, this kid is essentially like his, his family isn't, uh, the greatest. So, uh, he has a deadbeat dad. Um, so he kind of learns life from his uncle who has been Affleck and he's kind of a, just kind of a swinging dude, just like a, a nice, nice guy on the side. It's on Amazon. Nice, easy watch. Um, sweet movie. Um, it's a George Clooney directed it. Um, nice little movie. Huh. I would, uh, it, it's, it's nice to throw on if you're feeling like something. So that just about does it for him. Um, he is going to be in, uh, a couple of movies coming up this year. They're making a movie about the flash and they're having like Spider-Man. They're doing any multiple iterations of Batman in it. So he's going to be Batman again. Oh, okay. the flash. Michael Keaton's going to be Batman in that one too. Um, now the other movie coming out in a couple of weeks, he directed and uh, stars in it. Um, there's a movie called Air, 
um, where it's another Aflac Damon joint where Matt Damon plays a shoe salesman at Nike who works to sign Michael Jordan as a client. I just saw a preview of that the other yes. day. Yes, uh, and Ben Affleck playing uh, Nike founder Phil Knight and uh, yeah. the director of that too. So I'm sure that'll be successful coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, a long story career for uh, for Ben Affleck, supposedly going to make another accountant movie. Can't wait. Um, probably probably directing all sorts of stuff. He's only I think he's only directed what he's up to five movies. I think so. It's not like he's it's not like he's a very prolific director um right but, but still working uh doing plenty of stuff so you have not seen school ties shakespeare in love changing lanes uh batman superman uh and the last duel you have seen days of confused goodwill hunting armageddon dogma reindeer games pearl harbor some of all fears daredevil the town argo uh the accountant and the way back uh 12 out of 17 very well done well done a, a, a populist actor um you know, there's a lot of stuff I did not. The guy works a lot. Um, yeah. Since so, let me see here. Since '97, he has done at least two things every year from '97 to 2006. He directs Gone Baby Gone, and then he's in something every year until Gone Girl, and then he's mm. in multiple things every year except 2018. So, I mean, the guy's very prolific. Um, yeah. He, and now he gets to go home to Jennifer Lopez uh, again. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> so well done on Ben Affleck, 12 out of 17. All right. I think it's about that time, buddy. Yeah. Um, unlike the detective uh, in this movie, I'm not going to hold a fucking coffee cup while I talk to you. <laughs> Let's step into the hot box. <laughs> Each episode instead of me staring the conversation. Jake Peppers, you the series of questions. I must answer truthfully. Sometimes it's just trivia. Sometimes it's not. What do you got for me? Yeah, that pissed me off the entire time. She <laughs> Put the had, coffee down. Like, hold... <laughs> yeah, if I was Ben Affleck, I would have said, sure, I'll talk to you as soon as you're done with your coffee break and one hour like a fucking professional and actually speak to someone. Uh, I like it. I don't like her accent either. <laughs> I don't like that lady, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Uh, but enough about me. We're here to ask you questions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you know your wife's blood type? I sure do. I know her. I, um, I am a lockbox of information when it comes to, uh, I know both my kids' social security numbers. I know my wife's social security number. I know their blood types. I know her blood type. I know all that stupid stuff. I don't know why I'm like that, but may and I do. Um, probably why I know all the Oscar trivia that I do. It just goes in my head and sticks there. I do know my wife's blood type, which is, uh, it, it, of course, the first time we saw this, it's like, should I know my wife's blood type? And I turned to her. I'm like, yes, yes, you should know your wife's blood type. I do at least. Well, we did the same thing watching this. <laughs> and I went, I think I ran through all of them before I got to the right one. Uh, fun, fun, fun fact. Um, my, uh, so I'm, I'm a positive. My wife is a negative. Um, so whenever our son was born, we're like, okay, well, what is he? He's a positive. Okay. Well, that makes sense. When our daughter was born, they're like, she's O negative. And we're like, what? 
how does how's that work? And they're like, well, that just happens if you're the same blood type. You can essentially be O from anything. Um, right, right. So that the, it was just kind of really threw us for a half second, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my blood type is uh, also my motto in life. That's right. Be positive. That's right. Because <laughs> whenever I think of you, I think of positivity. That's right. It really needs to be be negative, but it's be positive. It's not that it's the facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so we mentioned earlier um, the close relationship that Margot and Nick have, mm. that close sibling relationship. Um, if I did kill my wife okay. and acted like she was missing would you want me to tell you or no it's it's a it seems like an ignorance is bliss type thing um mm -hmm. also um i know i know with uh with um you know married couples you can't be compelled to testify that's not the case with siblings correct so not as far as i know not the far as i know so if that's the case then i'd rather not have to get up on a stand and say Hey, he told me this under oath. I mean, don't be wrong. You can always lie, but at the same time, like, plausible. I, I would, I would prefer some plausible deniability. Yes. I mean, that's. Yeah, I think I would, I would give you plausible deniability where you could honestly say, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, and and I think Nick does that in this movie. Like, he's now he says things that are incriminating that she could uh -huh. say various things mm -hmm. that, that would put him in jeopardy but at the same time it's not like he never says yes i killed her or maybe i wanted to kill her right yeah uh all right can you be in that being said can you be in court in a couple months <laughs> i saw her right before this podcast so i if, if you did it you did it during our she's break. alive and well <laughs> okay um so uh speaking of her uh she loves crime dramas yeah and yeah. like dateline yeah true crime yeah. series all that kind of stuff uh she loves like murder mystery suspense thriller books and stuff like that are you a big fan of like crime dramas and kind of that genre or what are your feelings on that i i, I like the idea of them more than the reality um like mm. the like stuff like this where there's like interesting thought out interesting full ideas where people are fairly intelligent or there's there's intelligence meant to be shown i like that but the reality of most situations especially murders it's a bunch of idiots like it's yeah. it's a bunch of dumbasses like like for example they talk about jeffrey dahmer being this brilliant killer and yeah and this brilliant serial murderer it's like no, he should have been caught 40 times. And yeah. just ineptitude is what got him away with everything. He should have, he should have cut, killed two people and that was it. Yeah. But it's, it's not, it's not, he wasn't a genius that just happened to be a murderer. He's an idiot that should have been caught. And the circumstances led to the way it is like, yeah, he got the, lucky basically. He got lucky. Yeah. And, and, and those, Oh, I'm going to kill my wife and get away with it. No, you're not because you're stupid. If you're, if you yeah. weren't, yeah, if you were stupid, if you weren't stupid, you would find some other solution. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, 
it's like Bundy was actually smart. Yeah. He was an exception. Yes, yes. But not smart enough because he got fucking caught. And, so. and I, I mean, even his 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 way of getting around it was like, oh, I'm charming. I'm going to charm my way out of these situations. Yeah, it was mo. It was more charisma than yeah. anything. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's not like height. He's not like good looks and charisma. He's not he's not covering up his fingerprints and they can't find a print anywhere. Anything stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Do, are are you very familiar with Jillian uh, Flynn? Very uh, not, much. Not really. I know a little bit. Of, I, I know a little bit. Um, this is obviously the one that everybody kind of knows her for. Um, I'm a. I I know. Uh, Sharp objects. They made a mini series yeah. out of Sharp Objects, um, yeah. which I have not gotten around to. Did she also do? Uh, um, oh, I'm trying to think. She. Uh, she uh, she wrote the mil- uh, the film uh, Widows with Viola mm. Davis, um, Colin Farrell's in that movie. It's an interesting. Uh, it's a I don't know mm. if it's all the. It's a good movie that I like watching, but it's a different type widows. of movie. Um, yeah, so Widows is a group of uh, widows of bank robbers who, uh, when all the bank robbers are killed, all the women are kind of forced to pay the debt that they were supposed to pay off. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Vi- Viola Davis, Colin Farrell, um, Carrie Coon uh, is actually in that. Uh, Robert oh, Duvall, really? Robert Duvall, Liam Neeson. Interesting movie. Uh, she wrote huh. that one. Um, for some reason, I was thinking she wrote Girl on a Train, but she did not. Yeah. That's some. That's uh, the only like, reason I'm I'm very familiar with her is, like I said, my wife loves big, big reader that yeah. genre. Yeah. And. Yeah, Jillian Flynn's one of her favorite authors. She's read pretty much everything. Does she have so, a favorite? I know she sharp. I'm sure, ob- I'm sure sharp, she does. But. Sharp objects, dark places, and Gone Girl. Had had you read Gone Girl before? No, I've never read it. I haven't either. I haven't either. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily know how close it is. But I, I watched mean, the series Sharp Objects. Oh yeah. After she had read that. Mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> twisty yeah yeah okay but yeah um does this case obviously um in this film there's this um you know major case that grabs grabs nationwide attention uh you know here recently something like the the college murders in idaho mm-hmm. or something like that but specifically focusing on husbands and missing wives or murdered wives do any actual cases um that you can remember of like does this movie remind you of any actual cases is it is it jordan peterson uh it, uh, who's the uh, not, not not jordan peterson but Peterson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott Peterson. Peterson. Yes. Yes. Scott Peterson. Um, I knew it was somebody. Uh, yeah. I, I remember, I remember that story kind of being like, I didn't, I like, I was the wrong age to care. Like, like yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of the in between of like, Oh, I heard he probably killed his wife and, but he's like, he swear he doesn't do it. And it's like, but then he got dyed his hair and ran to Canada or something like that. And like, Oh, well, that, that, that sounds suspicious. Um, yeah. is that, is that the one you were thinking of? 
Uh, it's one that came to mind. Uh, Lacey Peterson. Okay. Yeah. And, and her, yeah. and her, and her, ba- and her baby. Oh, yikes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was an ex-cop actually. Oh, really? Um, um, I just remember, I just remember they made a lifetime movie out of it and played by Dean Kane. Mm. <laughs> the, the, the highest of quality. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No comment. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, but one that I thought of more, do you remember this one? It was just recently. Uh, do you remember Chris Watts? Have you seen that? Chris Watts. I have not. Dude, it's crazy because the entire call, like the initial call, everything is on body camera. And so, I mean, you see, you see it, you see the entire thing from the jump. Oh, really? Yeah. He killed his wife, two pretty little girls and dumped them in an oil tank out on a work site. He had yikes. What? But good, good looking, well-educated, nice house. Any particular, like, what was the motive besides, like, well, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have. Take kids. a guess, bud. Oh, he's sleeping with somebody else. <laughs> Another chick. <laughs> yeah, let's just say yeah. Uh, the tale is old as time. <laughs> I think that was, that was uh, Scott Peterson still, too. Jeez, man. Got to get that strange, bud. <laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> I got to get my coffee again, so I'll let okay. you go. Okay. You're going to pick it back up so now that we can continue this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Jake, before we go, what is, your film, what is your film rating of Gone Girl? It's pretty damn good. I agree. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if it's on, I'll watch it. Absolutely. And I don't know. I yeah, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy. I like it. I really enjoy. I it think too. it's well acted. I agree. And you know, for a uh, for a movie that's almost two and a half hours long, really flies by. Yeah, like, it goes does, pretty does quick. not does not seem like the type of movie that you're like, man, this is taking forever or anything like that. I also really like Gone Girl. It's my second favorite movie from uh, 2014. Um, hmm. uh, four and a half out of five stars. I really enjoy it. It's yeah. uh, probably the most uh, unfincher like David Fincher movie. Like you know, we talk about Seven and Fight Club and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. It suits his personality, but it's not really that kind of. Yeah, you know, kind of of that subgenre, but um, I still do really like Gone Girl. Um, twenty fourteen in general, great movie year, and uh, really big fan of that movie in general. Um, all right, I think that just about does it for us, buddy. That uh, that does it for this episode of the Film Credit of the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter at Nebis Ben on Letterbox at Nebby Ten on Instagram at Ben and Miller Movies. You can check out my website IceCreepForFreaks.com. Uh, should be on another podcast guesting talking about the nineteen ninety six. Car crash and sex movie crash. Um, I think we talked about it in a previous mm. episode. It is a trip. Um, and that movie is going, that podcast is going to be a trip too. Uh, you can follow my other writing on the film experience of cinema scholars. You can find me other pods as the David Thewlis of podcasting. Jake, where can the people find you in your big dead to the lips, uh, luxury mon- uh, Missouri home? You'll never find me. <laughs> 
I'm gone. Yeah, I'm just gone. <laughs> I'm hey, I'm gone girl over here, but I'm gone girl. Throwing pencils out the window as you as you happily eat chips Woo! and <laughs> make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Critic Common Pod and please like, subscribe, rate, and review. Enjoy the show wherever you get your podcast. We'll back to regularly scheduled programming next week. We got a good one next week too. Uh, Oscar time coming up. Why not we reflect on a great Oscar movie? One flew over the cuckoo's nest. A lot of Heck yeah, great, great film. We'll get into it uh, in depth. We will catch you guys next time. Thanks so much for having us. Sick!